Well, hello, our beautiful little deadites. It is your favourite duo. I am one of your co-hosts, V. And I'm the other co-host, Meg, also known as Bruce Campbell's fan club member, probably like 7,954. I'm sure that there's more people than that, but yeah. Hello. Mm -hmm. Welcome to our episode. I'm so fucking excited for today. We are going to deep dive headfirst into this after we have spoken about the main horror news. <laughs> like the only horror news that matters. The only horror news. <laughs> yes, the only horror news that matters to me and to a lot of people. And that is we got our first official teaser trailer for the Five Nights at Freddy's film. And we got character posters, but we'll talk about the teaser trailer first. Now, I am a long-time Five Nights at Freddy's, aka FNAF fan. Um, so I am uber-duper, super-duper excited for this film. Meg, on the other hand, has no clue what a Freddy is. So let me get, let me get your thoughts on this. What did you think of the teaser trailer? First of all, why did I not know that Josh Hutchinson was in this? I don't know how you didn't know that he was in this. I would have been more excited had I known. Well, now you know. It actually looks pretty good. Like, not gonna lie, the, the like, promo, I, I guess, or, like, um, like, orientation video, for some reason, was giving me, like, VHS, like, 94.99 vibes. So, like, I like that. Mm-hmm. But also, those animatronics are scary just by themselves. So, like, I don't know what's about to be cooking up. I don't know if they're the villains. I would assume that they're the villains. But, like, I'm a little bit on edge already. You should be, because it is. There's going to be certain bits that happen in the game that happens in this film. A lot of it won't happen. Um, but I think what I've heard is that there is a one big aspect of the film. Uh, of the game that does happen in this film and it's a very very gruesome part of Ooh. the game so if they've done it and they've done it exactly how it would have been portrayed in the game if the game part was an 8-bit it's going to be very very gory and the sounds are going to be like very clenching Ooh. if they actually have put this scene in the film that is rumored to be in there so it's going to be very good and very exciting. And obviously, we get Matthew Lillard as well. I saw him in there, yeah. And I'm going to pre-warn you now, he does not play a good guy. Oh, okay. So don't be expecting to get like a hee-hee-ha-ha -ha fun time, Matthew Lillard. It's going to be like, ooh, he menacing Matthew <gasps> Lillard. Matthew. How could you? Matthew. <laughs> Oh, it's very exciting. And we also get like posters, character posters for the animatronics as well. So we got we got Freddy, Chica, Foxy, Bonnie, and um Chica's cupcake. I don't know who any of those people are, but they look scary. Okay, Freddy is the bear. Okay. Chica is the chicken bird. Okay. Foxy is the fox. Bonnie is the rabbit bunny. And the cupcake is the cupcake. Okay. You can tell what a cupcake Duh, looks like. Yeah. I should have put that together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that is out um October twenty seventh, I think. 
Or that's another film I'm thinking of that's out that day. But it's out in October. No, it's October 27th. My brain is working for me today. <laughs> so um, I'm going to be seeing it opening night. Are you going to be seeing it opening night? Probably. And we will probably be recording about it because animatronics horror films have become very big as of recent. So we'll probably lump it in together with Willy's Wonderland. Um, the Banana Splits and uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's film when we record that episode. Animatronics are just fucking weird in general. So, hey, they're the perfect. It's like an evil Chuck E. Cheese. We don't have Chuck E. Cheese over here in the UK, but I always have seen like videos and images of Chuck E. Cheese. And I'm like, that is fucking terrifying. No, Why didn't. would anyone take their child to celebrate their birthday there? Because Chuck E. Cheese pizza is the shit. Like, it's actually kind of good. Um, I don't know. It looks a bit... It looks a bit put together. <laughs> <laughs> you are so fucking funny. Um, <laughs> you knew exactly what I meant when I said that as well. I saw it in your face. You instantly got what I meant. It, was the, it was the eyes for me. <laughs> we'll to also talk about, before we move on, um, the picture that has been taken of Renona Ryder on the set of Beetlejuice 2. Oh my God. Because that is also very important. I saw that and I was like, mommy? Like, legitimately? <laughs> like, mommy? <laughs> She's actually, I think, mother. And I think that Mia Goth is mommy. Mm. So, like, I need to put some respect yes. where respect is due. I love Beetlejuice. I love Lydia. Like, if I ever had a kid and I had a daughter, I would name her Lydia. Like, I'm obsessed with her. She's my favorite. Oh, my God. She is strange and unusual. But it's going to be very interesting. Very interesting to see what storyline it's going to be because obviously Jenna Ortega's also been cast in it and I think she's playing Lydia's daughter. I wonder if like obviously Lydia has to have kept that house. I think she would have. I think because she made good with the spirits in the house she would have stayed there because like who would ever want to move out of that house to Also be that house is gorgeous. Exactly. Dream house. Like, hello. On top of a hill by itself. Like, hello. With cool architecture. Like, in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> in this economy. Girl. <laughs> v, do you have any other horror news for today? Well, let's just say we knew this was going to happen. So, the Exorcist Believer has tested negatively with test audiences. The audience's main complaint is that it's too long and not scary. Oh, fucking hell. That's like the two worst things that a, a horror movie can be is like way too long and not scary. Like, what? Not even just a horror movie. A horror movie remake yeah. as well. Like, you've got so much source material yeah, and it's especially when your source material is probably one of the most iconic horror movies that has ever been made. Like, you have big shoes to fill, and for your test audiences to be like, it's too long and it's not scary, like, you need to re rethink your, your film, because that's not that hot. No, it's not. Like... The original Exorcist, the way it scared the absolute shit out of people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then from then on, anything that was to do with the Exorcist wasn't really that scary. And the fact they're re- trying to do another trilogy for the Exorcist and their first film was already flopped and it isn't even out yet. It's kind of like a bid reg flag making me like, mm, how are they going to change it and make it improve? Or are they just going to release it how it is? Look, I think that we've been talking about this movie for a couple of months, I would say, maybe. And we already kind of gathered that. <laughs> so it's not shocking yeah. to me. It's just no. kind of disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I am a big believer of being very spe- skeptical about things and then being very happily surprised when it turns out to be good because getting your hopes up about something and then it turning out to be shit is like one of the worst feelings ever. So you might as well be disappointed and then pleasantly surprised. This is, again, I think we talked about this like, last week or the week before that's where we differ because i'm like i'm excited to see every movie and then i'm like that fucking sucked donkey dick like yeah i think because been burned too many times that my mindset was just instantly like yeah that's it you can't do this anymore you're just so mentally drained from it all you might as well be pessimistic and then optimistic then optimistic then pessimistic yeah that's true and i will say the movies that we're going to talk about today their remakes Mm. i feel like live up to the originals but they don't touch the originals yes 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 like we've talked about fede alvarez's 2013 in the reboot roulette and like I stated then, like, it's a good film, and I like it, but I just don't like it as Evil Dead, because the the charm of Evil Dead for me, these original three that we're going to get into, is the fact that they were not really supposed to be funny at first, but they found that that almost helped their storyline. So I just felt like the remake was a little bit too serious. Yeah, I I get that, but you've got to think of, like, how it stands up to today, like, the the remake. Yeah. Like, they took a completely different direction because the original Evil Dead wasn't that funny. <laughs> it was definitely more horror. It had its moments where it was like, <laughs> that's funny. But it wasn't like, you know, Evil Dead 2 or even Army of Darkness Which, yeah. level of silly, goofy and as we've seen from like modern day remakes and stuff like that of horror movies they definitely lean towards the more darker serious bloody horror side of films but i feel like evil dead rise was able to get like kind of that sweet spot where it was super gory it was dark it was at points kind of like jarring but there was still like funny points that kind of like broke that you know what i'm saying yeah i think the reason why evil dead rise has succeeded where the reboot didn't succeed as well as is because the evil dead 2013 was trying to be a more serious carbon copy of evil dead 1981 whereas evil dead rise is a completely new story a new characters and a new um environment as well yeah not based in a cabin so 
I can't. I completely get where you're coming from. Yeah. But I still really like the Evil Dead 2013 reboot. It's really good and it slays. Yeah, definitely. So much blood. Um, so much blood. If you haven't listened to our reboot roulette episode, go back and listen to that, where you can hear us talk about all shitty reboots and all good reboots. But you can also listen mm-hmm. to episode 50, which came out two weeks ago where we do a deep dive on evil dead rise if you're like what the fuck are these two talking about but also like as we stated in our previous episode if you have not watched these three movies that we're going to talk about today please don't call yourself an evil dead fan just don't call yourself a horror fan (laughs) end of don't be childish about it go watch them yeah no seriously because these movies made a huge huge impact on the horror Mm -hmm. community um and i think a big reason why is just the dedication that these filmmakers put into making this film so sam raimi like dropped out of college because he was like i can make a feature film like i can do that shit they weren't even like super into horror movies they were all already friends like him and bruce they were like how can we get our foot in the door uh fuck it we'll make a horror movie and they weren't like even super huge horror fans they just thought that that could be their break um and it started with a short um called within the woods and they made it for producers uh to try and get funding for evil dead and they literally had to beg people like go door to door plead with family members because they wanted money to make this movie so badly like Raimi had a vision he was like let's fucking do this and he fucking did it they did the damn thing. They raised $375,000. It got released in the box office and it made, well, the numbers are very weird. Um, I can tell you why. PDS, oh, well, uh, let me tell you the numbers first and then you can tell me why the numbers look really weird. So according to Wikipedia, the box office numbers e- made either $2.7 million dollars or... million dollars why is that so um i don't have like full number breakdowns for you but when they first released evil dead it didn't get like miraculous reviews you know what i'm saying like people went to go see it but it wasn't as popular as what we know now but the european market fucking loved it like it was winning awards over there in like spain and italy And Sam was actually brought up on charges of obscenity for them being video nasties over there. In the UK! (laughs) Yo, baby! (laughs) Yeah, and, um, which I think is funny. I watched a bunch of, like, Evil Dead documentaries on YouTube. Highly recommend going on YouTube and watching them. There's so many out there. You can learn so much stuff. But in one of them, I sent you a video. Um, Eli Roth said, could you imagine going to jail for making Evil Dead? I mean, I guess it would be worth it because Evil Dead is awesome. I'd go to jail for Evil Dead. And I'm like, that's how I know I fuck with you, Eli. Ride or die, ride or die. <laughs> but it was also re-released for VHS um, a couple years after its original release. And I think just the hype of it being like so obscene, so lewd, so out of this world, something we've never seen before. I think that that just made the hype even higher. Um, so ultimately, I think it ended up doing a lot more on its second run. Oh, 100%. Like, he fully had to come over to the UK and go to court. Yeah, he went to it. Leeds Crown Court over it. 
mad. Mad. <laughs> but, you know, there is definitely one scene in the film that we will get to that I understand why it potentially made it seem like it was a video nasty. Are you talking about the tree rape scene? I am. I am. But we'll get to that part when we get to that part of the film. because. Okay. No one likes that part of the film. Not even Sam Raimi does. <laughs> yeah, he was so. he was twenty when he made this film. Like he he was twenty. Bruce Campbell was twenty one. Like they were babies. They were, and they were young. So I don't even. I mean, that is a bad part of the movie. But part of me also is like they didn't know what they were doing, and I feel like they really went for the shock factor with a lot of the stuff that goes on in this. A hundred percent. But shall we? get into evil dead 1989 1989 one 1989 i was about to say like taylor swift 1989 i'm starting to be like taylor swift then like besties no yeah evil dead 1981 yeah let's fucking do it i was doing really well today apparently not this energy joke's already gone to my head (laughs) this water is hydrating the fuck out of me so i feel you the summer edition red bull juneberry Oh my god, you're about to be bouncing off the walls by Army of Darkness. I had a nap and I'm having an energy drink, so let's get into it. You want the energy? You get the energy. Right, let's go, guys. So yes, this 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 one isn't what you would expect from Evil Dead nowadays. It was definitely more horror than silly goofy times but it still had silly goofy times in it and as we mentioned bruce campbell was 21 and he really put his whole pudussy in this film especially that he sprained his ankle like two days into filming that's why they had to give him a limp yeah and you know (laughs) apparently sam rainey used to just like poke it with a stick yeah throughout filming Everything that I've heard, um, all the documentaries that I've seen and interviews that I've read about, it's just like Sam was really professional and the point that he wanted to make this film, he had ideas, he knew exactly what shots he wanted to line up. But also, um, he was a big goofball. He was a dickhead. Yeah. He was a dickhead. He bullied, like, quote unquote, bullied people. Well, bullied Bruce. Um, Things I watched were like, everyone was said like, oh, any chance Sam had to bully Bruce, he would do it. And I'm like, but then you like showed a clip of like Bruce and Raimi interacting. And I was like, that, that doesn't look like bullying. That looks like two dudes having a dude time. No. So Sam Raimi is really into like the Three Stooges, like that sort of like mm-hmm. physical physical comedy sort of like slapstick thing and um him and bruce campbell were just like big goofballs together like where sam liked that shit bruce was able to like perform that shit for him so i just feel like bruce was the actor that could bring to life the physical comedy that these movies needed um and he Mm -hmm. did a lot like he was pretty much almost a co-director he produced he acted like he was a workhorse he did so much on this and he did his own stunts as well for all of the films pretty much i think like maybe a few things in army of darkness because of like how ridiculous stuff was but he did pretty much all of his stunts and in the original film like when they broke the windows it was real glass they were breaking Mm -hmm. like girl that cabin that cabin's uh -uh, gross 
that is ultimately why Bruce uh, Campbell took a step back from playing Ash is because it just he's older. It's like physically hard it's on his so, body. Yeah. Being Ash Williams, even though Ash Williams in, you know, Ash versus Evil Dead, it's a lot older, a lot happier, a lot silly, goofy. But Bruce was 21 when he started playing Ash. Yeah. In 1981, how long ago was that? Math is hard. 42 years ago? Sure, that sounds right. (laughs) Yeah, 42 years ago, because we're in 2023. That's like 42 years ago. Yeah. Like, 42 years of playing this character. Like, that sounds like Tom Cruise level of delusion, you know? And I will get into it more when we talk about um, Evil Dead 2, but, like, these actors went through a lot. Yeah, like, they, like, wasn't, like, how many crew had to sleep in the cabin? So, interesting story about that. They had to sleep in that cabin because, so... They found this cabin. They had to, like, build it up a little bit. They didn't have, like, running water or heat in there, and it was freezing in Tennessee. And one night, someone, because I think they were sleeping in trailers, someone broke into the set, stole all of their, like, equipment, their tools and stuff, but they did not take the camera that was, like, worth 20 grand. So that's how they were able to still keep perform, like, still keep recording. But that is why somebody had to go sleep in there. Every night they would take turns going and sleeping in the cabin and it would just be like hell on earth because it was so cold. But like people were breaking in and stealing their shit like somebody had to be in there. So essentially pretty much I think everyone on the crew at some point ended up sleeping in a cold, nasty cabin. Yeah, I don't think Raimi did because Raimi hated that cabin. He didn't like the juju. So he slept in the um, cemetery. He felt safer in the cemetery than he did in that cabin. And apparently, when he was sleeping in the cabin, like, one of the few times he did, he woke up and there was a homeless person in there drinking moonshine next to him. Solid. So, (laughs) I understand why he slept in the cemetery now. (laughs) You know? (laughs) No, I do too. This was just, like, a comedy of errors on this original shoot. Because not only that, but their first day recording, they're running through the woods and they get lost. Like, they legitimately don't know where they are. It's just, like, these these guys had no fucking idea what they were doing, but they fucking did it. No. They really did. And there are some very iconic things in this film. Mm. Like, very iconic scenes. Like, what's it called? Like, the basement hatch? Mm. Is that Mm -hmm. what it's called? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, any time the basement hatch was involved in anything, it was, like, probably the most iconic things ever. Yeah, they did a lot um, with this movie, especially, like, the camera angles that they were in, shots that they were able to get. They did a thing where they did a shaky board where they mounted a camera on, like, a piece of wood and two people would run with it so that it would absorb the shock and they would, like, get those super cool angles, which, if you're an Evil Dead fan... Like we talked about in Evil Dead Rise, like how it opens like that. That is such an iconic Evil Dead thing. Yeah, I like honestly, you can see the progression of Sam Raimi's like vision and work throughout these films and how much more improved and inspired his camera angles are. Yeah. And you can definitely start seeing that in Evil Dead with the opening scene and with the ending scene. Oh, like, yeah. But like, let's just let's just get it out of the way, shall we? Talk about the tree scene. Oh yeah, so this is essentially like what kicks shit off in this movie is 
Cheryl is Bruce's sister. Sister. And sister. Yeah. And like she gets a bad vibe immediately, starts drawing weird shit in her book, and then the incantation starts and she's like, I gotta get the fuck up out of here. Which like I don't blame yeah. her, but maybe not the best course of action. Horror film one oh one. Don't go into the fucking woods in the middle of the night by yourself with nothing to arm yourself with. Horror 101, just don't go into the fucking woods. Period. Horror film 101, just don't. Just don't. <laughs> if you think that just you don't. should, just don't. Take it from just us. don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was a really intense scene. And like you said, even looking back on it, Raimi doesn't really like it i watched an interview with him about it and i could tell that he was uncomfortable talking about it and this was like before evil dead 2 so like it's a very controversial scene i told you when i went to go see it like with a big group of people here they were like should we skip the rape scene and people were like yes and they were like okay i'm gonna skip it because it does leave you feeling icky and it's not even a person it's the fucking woods that is essentially sexually assaulting yeah and the fact is like i think like the tree scenes cool up until that part and that part was filmed in post-production yes um ellen sandwise who played cheryl had no idea that they were gonna add that like she went to the premiere with her mom and had no idea that that was coming no so like i think the tree scene if they didn't add that in, would probably be on, like, everyone's, like, top, like, most brutal scenes ever. But because they added that extra bit in, which wasn't needed at all, like, she was already trauma, like, added, like, you know, the character share was already, like, traumatized from, like, the woods and stuff like that. But then adding that part into it just made, like, what could have been like a really iconic scene gross and disgusting that nobody wants to watch and it's not needed what it's not needed at all it doesn't add anything to the film that's one of the problems that i have with alvarez's remake is he chose to keep that in when like the filmmakers who originally made that were like maybe we shouldn't have done that you know what i'm saying like it's just it is an iconic scene like i hate to say it like it is because everyone knows the tree scene yeah if they could, like, re-release it and take that little bit out, oh, my God, I would watch it constantly. But because they have that bit in, yeah, it doesn't make me want to, like, re-watch it, like, you know, say Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. Yeah. Looking back on it, they probably wish they hadn't, but they had and it's part of the movie. Sucks. Yeah, which makes, you know, which is why, like, a lot of people probably talk about Evil Dead, like, the first one. It's because of that infamous scene. Mm. and you know also the the camera shots like the cinematography and you know the deadites as well yeah i don't know other than that the rest of these scenes are pretty fucking cool and i will say i love that they made ash the unlikely hero of this story because we meet him and he's kind of dorky kind of like lame he's a himbo He's a himbo. Let's just call it what it is. He's a himbo. Like, Bruce Campbell, 21 years old. Oh, my God. Hot. Yeah. Bruce Campbell now. Hot. 
Oh my god. He's hot forever. <laughs> he is hot forever. And they said that they knew that they were working against having a female lead because a lot of horror movies did have female leads at this point, you know. This is post Halloween where everyone is trying to get that final girl in there. So they knew that they were like, We're gonna do something different. <laughs> And it made me laugh because I watched a Raimi interview and he said he wanted to liberate women in horror and make them the monsters terrorizing men. And I was like, very (laughs) liberating when you have somebody getting fucked by the fucking woods. Mm. Yeah, but he's taken that bit back now. He hates it. But I think why Ash Williams works as the protagonist so well is because he is very sweet to his girlfriend. Yes. He is very sweet to his sister. He is very loving. Dumb, yes, but very sweet. And we love Himbo. that. Himbo energy. Yeah, we love that, don't we? We love dumb energy. That's what this pod I is. I love bimbos and himbos. They are just top tier. Mwah. <laughs> Chef's kiss. And I will say another thing that I fucking love about the original Evil Dead is... I know that they have low budget, like I get it, but I just, there's something about Tom Sullivan's prosthetics in this movie. They were giving everything for me, like, they did not have the budget for, like, crazy special effects in this movie. They just kind of, like, ran with it, and it's so bad it's good. Um, yes, yes, yes. I mean, sure. Is it good compared to today's standard? No! It was it was what it was like a hundred percent good for the budget they had. Did they reuse those like completely white out contacts more than they should have, and it caused issues for the characters that had them in there? Yes, but did it work? Yes. <laughs> yeah the the dreaded scalera contacts. So basically, when they put those in somebody, they have it takes about ten minutes for them to put them on their eye because they basically have to like. It's like a solid sheet. It's not like contacts that we think of now. And they have to like put it on there very carefully. And you're completely blind. You cannot see shit. So when you see these people like moving erratically and like kind of looking around, it's because they're blind. And you can only wear them for 15 minutes at a time. So imagine yeah. that shit. Like they, I think they wore them for hours, didn't they? Like... I don't know exactly how long they wore these Scalera contacts, but everyone in every interview for the Evil Dead 1 and 2 just were like, those fucking sucked. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, yes, issues. However, it added to the Deadites. Mm, So much. Like that. So much. That's what I'm saying. Like, these prosthetics and, like, the big white eyes, like, that's just so... It's a trademark of these deadites, you know what I'm saying? It's so cool. And I'll get into more about the special effects for Evil Dead 2, but for what they had, what they were working with, like, go off. Mm-hmm. Can we? <laughs> Please. Um, talk about... <laughs> oh, Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi, his role in part two is, I think, one of my favorite roles anybody has ever played. But basically, Sam tortured the shit out of his little brother. Like, that's... Oh, 100%. That is like, what this movie, every time. Poor Ted. Ted, like, no, there's one thing about the Raimi brothers. There is just something about them that makes really good shit. 
I think that they're like, Ted is the youngest of five. So I'm sure he was very used to getting picked on all the time. But yeah, I mean, there's just something so special about the people that worked on Evil Dead. They went on to work on other films together. They went on to keep working through the Evil Dead franchise. I just think that that says a lot about a filmmaker. If they have people that are willing to do anything, go through anything, perform whatever they want, um, it goes to show you that like they understand that they are genuinely trying to make the best feature film that they can. And like honestly, to me, like all Evil Dead fans know that this movie and Raimi's vision could not be I don't think anybody else could have played Ash and have it be as iconic as Bruce Campbell. And the fact that it was like his feature debut as well. Yeah. And for him to, you know, normally when it's like an actor's first debut, it's really shit. He put everything in this role. Yeah, he did. I think that's why Ash is so beloved is because of Bruce Campbell's portrayal of Ash. Yeah. Definitely. And if we see, like, in t- 10, 20 years that they try and reboot Evil Dead and make someone else play Ash Williams, I will not have it because Bruce Campbell is the only person that can play Ash Williams. That's what I'm saying. He put, him and Raimi put so much into this film. And it was originally supposed to be shot over the course of six weeks and it doubled in time. So they were shooting for 12 yeah. weeks and most of the cast and production crew had other things to do so in the end there was only five of them working on this film for six weeks that's why like some of the the bodies are dummies you can tell they have like a human shape what the the fake shrimps yes 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 so it's because as you mentioned that Raimi loves the free studios yeah um and one of the studios studios um were co- was called shrimp mm-hmm. he unfortunately passed away but the two um brothers that were still alive they still had you know signed contracts for two more films so when they filmed those two films they tried to use archival footage of their deceased brother and when they had to shoot new scenes you only saw the back of him and fans who were you know loved the free stooges um whenever they saw that he was known as the fake shrimp. Yeah. Because of that, and we know Raimi loves the free studios, anyone that had to, you know, have a body double in Evil Dead were known as fake shrimps. I love that. That's what I'm saying. Like, these guys just really dedicated so much of their time, efforts, lives into making this first movie, and it paid off, ultimately. Um... I know that Raimi had the same, I think, like, PR person or, like, something like that. Um, And he met Stephen King. Helped the film because Stephen King gave it a glowing endorsement. And therefore, it was sold to New Line Cinema. Yeah, so Stephen King, like I said, was coming off of Creepshow at the time. They were both trying to, like promote Creepshow and promote Evil Dead and uh, Stephen King talked to Raimi during this event and then he put out you know that article that said it's the most ferociously original horror film of the year um, in Twilight Zone magazine and I think that that 
shook people because at this point he was like the king of horror you know what i'm saying like he was and still is admired so i feel like anytime he is able to um give kudos to horror filmmakers it means so much to them but it meant everything to the people of evil dead well yeah because Stephen King had been in the game for a bit and had released so many iconic books and done Creepshow, which is, you know, very iconic. And this little indie budget horror film with these two 20, 21-year-old guys getting an endorsement by the Stephen King. Oh my God, I would have shit my pants. I would have shit my pants too. But yeah, I I like Evil Dead, but it's actually not my favorite in the franchise. I wonder what is. Could it be Evil Dead 2, 1987? Yes, it sure is. And I think that it's very funny that neither one of us's favorite Evil Dead movie is the original. I think because with, you know, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, the budget obviously increased. Raimi's maturity well silly goofiness increased as well and yes Evil Dead 2 does have the good balance of comedy and horror whereas you know Evil Dead was more horror and Army of Darkness is a bit more comedy than horror yeah I think that you like hit the nail on the head um It's just the comedy mixed with the horror elements mixed with the sick-ass special effects. I just, Mm. I love it. And, like, I feel like it's a perfect blend of horror and comedy while still being sure of itself. Because we've talked about movies where they can't find their footing, but this movie has one. And I honestly attribute that to all of the returning players that this movie had. They had just come off of um, creating Crime Wave. Essentially, Evil Dead went into Crime Wave. And Raimi didn't really want to do a second Evil Dead. Like, he was kind of like, no, but um, Scott Spiegel helped write the script. He was a co-writer on this. And, you know, it just ended up happening. And I'm so thankful that it did. Yeah, well, first of all, how do you feel about the beginning scenes being a recap of the first film and basically retconning quite a lot of things from Evil Dead? I like it, honestly. I kind of like it because it stood on its own and made itself its own movie, which is, again, something that I really like about the Evil Dead movies. Yes, technically, Evil Dead 2 and Evil Dead 3 can be pushed simultaneously together, but watching all three films on the same day, I don't mind it. I saw Evil Dead originally when I was probably middle school or high school with Matt, and I didn't see Evil Dead for like Evil Dead 2 for a long time. And then I saw Army of Darkness, and I was like, these could be like standalone movies, but then if you like sit down and watch them all together, it it still makes sense. There's still a flow to them. As Raimi matures, there's obviously stuff that he wants to change from like previous films. So like doing the recap in the beginning of two and darkness, it kind of like gets some people confused about the continuity, like of the film. Yeah. Like some people are like, well, I just watched the first one. Where is like all the friends and his sister? Why is it just him and his girlfriend? How did they get to the cabin? I thought Ash de- died at the end of the first one because of like how the camera moved in. But really, it was just the deadite force pushing him back. 
into the woods and then he falls into a puddle and comes up with this amazing prosthetic dead eye look oh. how does he still look hot as a dead eye <laughs> oh my god i know i know and i love that intro scene so much where he falls in the puddle and then he's evil ash like that's another reason why i fucking love evil dead 2 because we get evil ash i like evil ash more in army of darkness oh but evil ash in evil dead 2 babes is just so hot oh my god <laughs> babes like he's just so sexy like bruce campbell can just call me any day he can destroy me um i feel like because they knew each other for such a long time they were able to just get into it um bruce would do essentially anything that sam raimi asked of him and to get into this role like he he really worked to get that like cassie i think her name is Tepeva. Tepeva. um she played bobby joe said that every day he would work out, he would eat well, but he was also a ham. And, like, everyone has just said nothing but good things about Bruce Campbell, which makes me love him even more. But I love that he took his role so seriously to, like, get ripped, get, like, super hot, and even though he might be in ugly prosthetics for, like, weeks at a time you know what i'm saying but they weren't ugly prosthetics they were they they were very sexy prosthetics <laughs> like dead eye ash oh it's probably one of the best dead eyes absolutely i mean possessed henrietta is also up there for me but we'll get to get to her yes yes they <laughs> on this film especially they beat the shit out of each other like they oh they knocked loose Bruce's front teeth and like they just kept going with it. Like he showed so much dedication to his role in this movie, especially especially when he is rolling around on the floor fighting with his own hand. Yes. Okay. So so many iconic things start happening in this film. Like we get that Ash's hand, it gets possessed, and he's like fighting around the cabin. And then we see the trusty, dusty chainsaw. Oh, we get the groove. The way he rips the chainsaw with one hand in his mouth. Oh, my God. And then he's just like, chops off his... Yeah, his gun. Oh, my God. Uh, It's when his, like, hand, after he's sawn it off, after he's, like, you know, trying to chop it in a bucket or a cup, and it like <laughs> scurries away and then it just like gives the, finger. the middle finger <laughs> and i'm just like this is so silly so silly now while we're on the topic of of that this movie gives me after that scene the hand scene me one of my favorite scenes in any movie period point blank horror movie not horror movie the laughing scene where Ash is looking in the mirror and then everything around him starts laughing. The The lamp is like shaking and laughing and then he just looks at the camera and just starts freaking out laughing is one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my life. When he starts dancing with the lamp, like when he goes up and down, <laughs> the lamp also goes up and down with him. Like yeah. he's just like having a little bop dance with the lamp. It's so cute and so funny. Yeah, no, it's my, him laughing is my screensaver on my Mac. And sometimes Slay. when I open it, 
I think I opened it in front of one of my friends, Margo, and she was like, oh my god, what is that? And I'm like, it's crazy ash. Like, that's how I feel all the time inside. God, get with it. <laughs> yeah, and oh my god. Then we get to see one of the owners of the cabin, Annie Newbin, Nobin, coming home from her expiration. Oh. And we see that she's come home with missing pages to the Necronomicon. Yes. Her boyfriend picks her up. They try and get to the bridge. And what do we know? The bridge is still bloody broken. That's what I'm saying. I think that it doesn't necessarily redcon everything that happened in the original Evil Dead because they still have no. like elements that maybe this is just a continued storyline. You know what I'm saying? But I get why people wouldn't like that. But yeah, that bridge was fucked. Not completely fucked. And obviously we get two townies and the dude's like, ah, I can help you get to the cabin for a hundred bucks. And she's like, sure, if you take my bag. Not realizing it's a big old bloody fucking big trunk. Yeah, that was hilarious. She's like, you have to carry my bag. And he's like, yeah, fine, let's whatever. Yeah, let's roll stupid um and then obviously we go back to the cabin and bruce is like shooting up the place going boom 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 and he shoots through the door because he thinks you know someone's outside it's, it's gonna be a dead eye and now just these humans and then we get them <laughs> throwing bruce down the basement hatch because they think that bruce has killed um annie's parents which is absolutely hilarious because then we get the very very iconic character that is henrietta oh my god ted Raimi as henrietta possessed henrietta chef's kiss oh my god chef's kiss performance from that man yeah (laughs) he went through hell for the role of henrietta we've said it before obviously he's sam's little brother so like basically sam just thought that he could do anything to him and it would be fine he ended up passing out in the suit a couple of times because it was just so grueling. I mean, like, this is why I, like, geek out on special effects is because somebody had to spend all of that time making that and then you get fully suited up and that takes hours. And that is so mm-hmm. heavy. That is so hot. That is so, like, it literally weighs you down. And he's up there flying oh. around, spinning around crazy. And if you <laughs> if you go back and watch the movie or... You've already seen it, but when he's flying around, there's a big rip up the ass of the suit because the <laughs> suit ripped and they were like, you want to know what? Like, they let's just roll with it. <laughs> um, But yeah, Henrietta is something else. Yeah, but also when you go back and you see him, he's like up in the air as Henrietta in the full body prosthetic and he's turned his head and you see like dripping from the ear. That's his sweat. They had to literally empty his sweat from the feet prosthetics yep. at the end of the day. But there's another crevice that the sweat can empty out of. And that was the ear. So in that scene, when you see like mm. water, well, you think is water dripping from his ear. That is Ted Raimi's full body sweat. And that is disgusting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying about 
I find it very interesting when people are in full body prosthetics like that is like, like I said, it's so intense. It's so hot. But I will say like, I absolutely love the effects for Evil Dead 2. Um, Mark Showstrom um, did the special effects and he had put in after Evil Dead, like, if you're having a sequel, I want to do this because he was super into it. And then he got the call a few years later and he was like, yeah, like, fuck yeah, let's do this shit. He brought in, which ended up turning out to be KNB, um, which is a solid special effects unit. You have Howard Berger, Robert Kurtzman, and Greg Nicotero. These people have gone on to do, like, over 400 films for special effects. I mean, Greg Nicotero was the director for um, most of The Walking Dead, did special effects for The Walking Dead. He's very hands-on and, I think, like, a producer or a director for Creepshow, the TV show. These guys are just fucking amazing. Legends. They, they are legends. Like, they truly are. I mean, they worked under Savini. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, come I know on. what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. But like, comparing the special effects from the first one to the second one, like, considering there's what, six years different, how massive of an improvement the prosthetics and special effects are yeah. in six years for this film is absolutely insane. Well, it's and also because they had budget to give They these had money. People. And it wasn't just one person working on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys were efficient. Yeah. They knew what was going on. And in, I think it's called Making or Swallowed Souls, Making of Evil Dead 2 or something like that. They show a lot of footage of these special effects guys because they would film everything. They would make little movies and stuff like while they were creating stuff. They would put stuff on them and then just like be silly goofy. Um, And I need... All hours of that, please. I don't know who can give that to me, but I need it. What, like a reality show sort of thing of like behind the scenes on a movie from the perspective of the special effects makeup department? That's essentially what they did. That'd be cute. That'd be fun. Someone make that, please. Yeah. And it was like all 80s. And I was just like, I want to be there right now. Please. This is like the golden era. I want to go to there. Yeah. Please take me. <laughs> but yeah, I I give a big credit to the special effects in this movie because like we said in the first one, like they weren't that great. I mean, the second no. one still had sclera contact lenses, but it amplifies the movie, I think, when you have special effects that are done to that extent. Oh yeah, 100%. And I think it adds another layer to the Evil Dead films is like, yes, People would say horribly that they really like the indiness of the first one and how yeah. shoddy the makeup was. However, having a really good special effects makeup department really does improve the film's quality. I mean, just think massively. about it. Um, in Evil Dead 2, you get that shot of evil Bruce in the window where he's like, he transforms and he's like, Ugh. And, like, that is such, like, an iconic look for Evil Dead, you know what I'm saying? Which then yeah. I find funny because she tries to kill him. And he's like, I'm okay now. I'm okay now. Like, how is it only... He's like, I said I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I just, 
I love this movie so much. Yes, yes. And obviously, um, the main plot of this film is trying to re- like basically get the deadites to be dead. Like, bye-bye. Um, and in order to do that, they had to send what well, send them back in time. It basically results in Ash being sent back in time as well. Yes, it it really it really does, which I love. Um, but I will just take a second before we get into Army of Darkness to say that, like, one thing that I truly, truly admire about these people is that they had every shot lined up. Even the special effects artist said that they would do anything for Sam Raimi. Like, even if he was like, let's go film a movie in my mom's backyard, they would do it. And same with his actors. Like, the commitment that he was able to get from them is just astounding. And I know that we talked about that a lot in the the first one, but it just continues to go on throughout these films, which I think is amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, again, we really see Bruce put everything into Ash. Do you know, the, the goofiness is ramped up a little bit more in this film, and we really get to see the comedicness of Bruce Campbell. He was meant to be a star, honestly. Bruce Campbell was honestly meant to be a comedic genius yes from his facial expressions and the physical a physical comedy as well yeah it's all well and good telling jokes and going hee hee ha ha but like having physical comedy as well i think is a lot harder yeah and i feel like everybody can get behind working with sam Raimi and bruce campbell because they can take this seriously like sam had every single shot lined up he knew what he wanted he had a vision for it and you know that i love directors like that but he was still able to have fun on the shoot and i i don't feel like you really get that a lot on movies nowadays no no not at all like you you hear stuff about certain sets and it it makes you feel like why would anyone want to act on a set like that mm. And yes, you know, people would say that potentially, you know, Sam Raimi was a bully. When you actually see clips of him on set with his actors, they're having fun. Yeah. If it was really that bad, actors know they can quit. They can speak up about it. I don't think that he's a bully. I think he just teases people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think he only does it to the people he know he can do. Like, the main thing that people said, it was like towards Bruce. Yeah. And obviously his brother, but that's just siblings, right? That is 100% just siblings, yeah. (laughs) But you never heard it from any of the other actors on set. Like, oh, he was a bully, he was a bully. It was always like, oh, yeah, well, he he always knew how to wind up Bruce or like this, that and the other. And it's always about Bruce. And Bruce still continued to work with him for many years to come. I just what that's what I'm saying. I want to see every behind the scenes footage that I can of the making of these movies. Oh yeah, especially this next one because this one is the most silly and the most goofiest of them all. Yep. So Army of Darkness is my personal favorite. Oh, Army of Darkness came out in 1992 by the way. Um <laughs> <laughs> So this is the most silliest and the most goofiest they really tried to lean towards this film having a pg rating which it still didn't um because you know it was on the hit list even though there's hardly any gore 
Well, there's no gore, really. There's no blood. This is a completely different route from definitely the first one. It has the the humor of the second one, like we were saying when we were talking about Evil Dead 2. ramped up. Huh? It's ramped up the humor in this one, for sure. This one's silly, goofy, good time, having fun type of movie. And honestly, this is a movie that I'm least familiar with. Like, I've seen it maybe two or three times. So, yeah. The reason why this film is much sillier and much goofier is because Sam brought on his older brother, Ivan Raimi. Yes. To help with the writing. And Ivan is a silly, goofy guy, and he wanted to make (laughs) Army of Darkness silly, goofy. And I found something out that I'm quite mad about. What? Um... Sam Raimi wanted to call Army of Darkness Medieval Dead. Yes. How how cool of a name is that? Medieval Dead. There was a lot of negotiating when Fuck it me. came to the title of this movie. Um, I forget who suggested Army of Darkness. Um, it was one- I think it was like the studio or something. Yeah, someone from the studio and he ended up dying and they were just like, we're going to keep it. But they even wanted to call it like Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness, which, like, I would have liked. It is sort of weird that Evil Dead is not included in this, um, because this is definitely a movie that, like I said, you can watch them all standalone movies and it would be fine, but I feel like this one you would have the hardest time keeping the concepts. Yeah. If you hadn't yeah, seen Yeah, even them. though they do do a recap. Yeah. Again. And do another complete retelling of the first Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> With a different actress as well, playing his girlfriend I for love the it. third time. I, I absolutely love it. <laughs> and it also retcons the ending of Evil Dead 2. So Evil Dead 2 ends with Ash being the hero. He gets sent back in time with his car and he basically kills like a deadite flying monster and everyone's like, oh my God, he's a hero. And he's like, hell yeah, I'm a bloody hero. But when we get actually into Army of Darkness... He doesn't kill anything. He's not a hero. They think that he's the reason why, like, the Deadites are here. Yeah. Or he's, like, a part of the other kingdoms, like, clan or something like that. So they basically chain him up and stuff like that. They make him walk for ages through the town, blah, blah, blah. He basically finds out that there are Deadites in this medieval period. Yeah. I like when he... (laughs) He just whoops ass and he has that gun and he's like, any other questions for me? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So this is after he's been thrown in a pit with the deadites and he's managed to get out because like this wise man um threw in his chain uh yeah chainsaw that he attaches to his arm. So basically the wise man throws the chainsaw into the pit and Ash in a really cool slow-mo way jumps up and puts his little stud in in the chainsaw and he's like from 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 gets himself out and then he gets his like boomstick and he's like going any questions he's like this is my boomstick god that's what i'm saying like like the iconic line from the second one groovy and this is my boomstick is just it's everything to me yes like definitely the second one really introduced like catchphrases for ash yeah and signature things for him like we got the chainsaw arm we got the boomstick we got um groovy we just got so many iconic things from evil dead 2 that carried on into army of darkness and 
Ash versus Evil Dead. But basically, um, we saw in Evil Dead 2 from the missing pages of the Necronomicon that there was this hero in this like blue plaid outfit with a chainsaw (laughs) that basically hinted that's what we're going to get in this film. He's basically held as a hero. He's like getting fed grapes by these women and he's like, oh, first you want to kill me. Now you want to kiss me. I'm like, oh my God, Brucey, stop. You're being so sexy right now in medieval times. You're like, oh my God, I do though. Definitely, I want to kill you sometimes, but like maybe I want to kiss you as well. We Who can knows? make out until then. But, yes. <laughs> so we find out that um basically the kingdoms are overrun by deadites, and that they want Ash to be the prodigal son, basically, as like they mention like the Necronomicon and stuff like that. This deadite witch all of a sudden appears and is like. I'll eat your soul. Give me your soul. I want your soul. My thing with this is it's not the deadites that are just friends in a cabin. This is a legitimate army of deadites. And they actually had to have two different special effects teams. K and B returned on this. And I can't remember who did the other prosthetics. But... It was just such a daunting task. They had to figure out how to, like, do the Deadites prosthetics that needed them. They also had to figure out how to make skeletons that Bruce could beat up that wouldn't just immediately fall apart. Like, this was a lot and a huge undertaking for people in the special effects realm. Yes, but they managed to do it. And I think this is probably the best prosthetics we've gotten out of the Evil Dead films, for sure. Because the skeletons... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When we see the skeletons, I absolutely fucking crease every single time because they are so funny, so goofy, and so silly. But before we get to that, the blacksmith montage (laughs) we get. Oh, my God. Like, the close-up shots of, like, making everything so important. And it, like, close-ups on Sheila, who's just, like, in a corner knitting... (laughs) and uh it's just like the the montage scene in this film is probably one of my favorite ones out of army of darkness and it's like when he finishes the montage and he's just like it's like ah ah stop every girl just like slipped out of their seats like (laughs) yeah yeah that was very good that was very good so Basically, Ash has to go find the Necronomicon, right? This is the film that gets introduced to us as the audience that there are three mm. Necronomicons with three different personalities. And Ash is told that he has to remember these words in order to, you know, get the ne- Necronomicon sort of thing. When he gets there, he's like, one, no, there's two oh my god there's three and then he's like shouts he's like no one told me there was gonna be three <laughs> he's so dramatic in this movie which i they just oh. cheese him up every single time and i love that a hundred percent but don't before we like talk about like him forgetting his words and stuff like that don't it doesn't he stay in a windmill overnight maybe he does he does so he stays in a windmill before he actually goes and gets the necronomicon how did i forget that i'm missing (laughs) i'm missing chunks of time (laughs) 
<laughs> it's fine. Basically, um, the Necronomicon from afar starts like really fucking with him. Mm. Is this the one where he comes out of the Necronomicon and his face is all distorted and shit? Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. So he, so he breaks a mirror because he sees like he thinks that you know something's weird's happening in the mirror. So he breaks the mirror and it breaks into little tiny shards, and then all of a sudden we get loads of little ashes and loads of little ashes try and kill him. Oh my god! Yes, I remember this now. Holy shit! <laughs> It is the most silly, goofiest scene in the whole of Evil Dead, right? Because, like, these tiny little Ashes with their high-pitched voice are trying to, like, murder Big Ash. They eventually get a little Ash to jump in to Big Ash and then starts growing within inside him and he's, like, getting eyeballs popping up on his side and he runs out of the windmill and he's basically got two heads. And we get reintroduced to Evil Ash Mm. from this. It's like, now kiss. Now kiss. (laughs) And he's like running a bit more. Like he does like a little scuttling thing because Ash and Evil Ash have four legs. They're still attached. They've got four legs. So they're like crab walking. Yes, yes. And then they split. (laughs) They split. And basically Ash is like, I'm the one with the gun dumbass good bad i'm the one with the gun and he basically kills kills quote-unquote kills evil ash dismembers him buries him goes and gets the necronomicon why is there free he flubs his word he forgets them he tries to like play it off he says like the first two lines but he can't remember that third line and he's like going <laughs> like yes. huffing as he's trying to say it and he's like mm, that's got to work and then tries to pick it up and it's going woo 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 no you you haven't said it correctly and he's like well fuck you i'm taking it anyway (laughs) and he scurries away and he's off and he's off but then i don't know if it's then straight after but we get new ash evil ad ash appearing with a new look and oh my god the new look for evil ash stunning excellent the prosthetics are immaculate he's like it could get it he he could get it. Evil Ash could get it. He one hundred percent could. We find out that actually, Evil Ash is the one that is raising the army of darkness. He is the leader. Yeah, and fuck, man, they just Smash Mouth said it. They don't stop coming. They literally don't stop coming. Like with the fight scene with the army of darkness fighting, like Lord Arthur's men in his kingdom oh my god like one of my favorite things to do is look in the background and see what the skeletons are doing to the people oh my god because it looks so funny and so ridiculous do you want to know what i find interesting is that in this film which comes up to play in this big fight sequence they actually shot this with two different cameras. They did like a wide take and then like a close-up shot, which ultimately would save them time. Um, it did cause some difficulties with audio, but I love that they did that. Number one, it saved them time. But then you get to see like, like you said, like the big wide shots, but then you also get to see kind of close-up on these people who are fighting each other, which I just love. It is absolutely fantastic. And when all hope is lost, we get um Duke Harry the Red's men 
come along and absolutely smashing these skeleton dicks right in the ass. Love it. And we get another final spite from Ash and Evil Ash. And obviously everything prevails. The di- army of darkness is defeated. Ash can finally go home. But he must remember the incantation the wise man has told him to do. And in his himbo state, he could not remember. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know if a lot of people were. Because I had, when I found this out a few months ago, I asked Meg what ending she had seen for Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit, there is two different endings. I think that there's four. Well, we're going to talk about two. <laughs> because there's one that was shown in the US because the studio was like, mm, we want a happier ending. So this is the one that got shown in theaters. So it ends with Ash retelling his story. To an S-Smart employee, which is Sam Raimi, <laughs> again, doing his little cameo. And he's basically like, yeah, I had to do this incantation. And Sam Raimi's like, well, did you say it correctly? And he's like, well, I assume I did because, you know, I'm here. And then this really hot chick comes in, starts talking to him. And then all of a sudden there's a dead eye and he starts fighting the dead eye. And he's like, kiss the king, baby, after he defeats the dead eye and that's where that version finishes now wait i love the ending of this though like i absolutely love the ending and i found on imdb that sam raimi is known for coming up with dialogue on the spot and he'll just like yell it at bruce and so he came up with the ending give me some sugar baby just before the scene was shot and bruce campbell's like that's the stupidest line i've ever heard (laughs) i love the ending of this it's just super cheeseball it honestly fits so well with the movie. I'm interested to know, since you said that American audiences wanted a happier ending, how did yours end? So the the one I've seen the most, which gets played on UK television the most, um, is the original ending that Sam Raimi shot for Army of Darkness. We see Bruce, uh, well, Ash, walk into a cave so he can sleep. And he says the incantation and he falls asleep. He wakes up and he's got a massive beard, massive, like long hair. And he's like really skinny and his clothes have deteriorated over time. He emerges from the cave and he's basically in like the way, way, way future. Not even his time. It's like, like deserted like there's a desert it's kind of like the ending of planet of the apes when Mm. you know you see the statue of liberty in the sand sort of thing ash starts screaming he's like how long did i sleep how long was i asleep and he falls to his knees and he's like shut like throwing his fists up in the air which means that ash once again flubbed his words and he fell asleep for too long i think that i've actually seen that i think that i've seen that on youtube when you told me that you had an alternate ending holy shit yeah i I like the progression of these movies how we go from super scary super gore to funny scary to just funny Mm -hmm. and we didn't even mention like two of the biggest scenes in the first and second movie one the claymation ending Oh my god. Of Evil Dead, which yes. is Raimi didn't even want that. 
like somebody suggested it and they were like, all right, fuck it, do it. And the second one was the, <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes. I don't know how I forgot it in um, Evil Dead 2 where his girlfriend is outside dancing. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, one thing I really do appreciate from these films is the mixed media that was used. Yes. In the franchise, because they really were like, okay, traditional filming, right? Now, claymation, now, at, like, you know, stop motion, now this, now that. And it really doesn't feel out of place in these films at all. It, like, really works well together. And that's what I'm, I said earlier about, like, they were able to do different things on every single movie. Every single movie has a completely different vibe, even though its main star is the same. And it generally follows kind of the same storyline. But they all were so different from each other, but it worked. It worked. They It really did. They had their footing. Um, Sam would draw his own storyboards for every shot that they did. He knew everything that he wanted to do with these movies. And Bruce was like, fuck yeah, we're gonna do that. And because they had that energy together, it drew more people in to help them. And I just find it crazy and amazing that we're talking about Evil Dead with such passion, even though it was made long before we were born. It's just truly unlike any other horror franchise that I've ever seen. Absolutely. And it's uh, it's understandable why it's some, like, a lot of people's favorite, like, franchise. Some, not all, franchise. <laughs> and people really appreciate what Sam Raimi did. Yeah. Because he was so young when he started filming. Like, he was 20. And even now, he's flourishing in the horror space. And he managed to like basically kind of like the Kubrick stare sort of thing with like how he introduced the army of darkness with that like camera transition of like the deadite spirit through the woods Mm. he really was inspired and inspirational with how he did his camera movements in all of these films and he never let anything pull him back like, if he wanted that shot, he was going to get that shot. Mm. Like, at the end of um, The First Evil Dead, to get that ending shot, he was on a bike with a camera. And he rode through that whole cabin on a bike to get that shot. Like, how insane is that? And I think that that's what makes him such a good filmmaker today, is that he literally started from basically his whole cast and crew leaving him with bare bones of five people, and he just had to make it work. He had begged people to fund this movie. He had to, he had to deliver and he definitely did. And I think that that's why so many fans really appreciate the Evil Dead franchise. There is a really, really cool doc called Hail to the Deadites. Um, I think it's on Amazon over here, um, but I'm sure you can find it on other things. But it's essentially people talking about how much Evil Dead means to them, like going to cons, meeting Bruce Campbell. Like they also, I saw somebody like get engaged at a con with one of the special effects artists, I think, um, present. And it's just like this movie has impacted a lot of horror fans lives and it was something totally different because we were in the era of slashers at this point 
people were wanting to live up to Michael Friday the 13th like and it we just had this kind of weird quirky movie that was unlike anything anyone had ever seen before but people latched onto it a hundred percent and Raimi was also able to make relationship with other horror directors like Wes Craven Mm. like he had um a poster of one of Wes Craven's films in the first evil dead Mm -hmm. and as a response as like a thank you he got Nancy in you know a nightmare on elm street watching evil dead so in the second evil dead film he had freddy krueger's claw hanging above a door frame and it was just like a little like cute homage to each other of like i see you and you see me and let's be bud sort of thing and that's really nice like it really shows that the horror community appreciates each other's work yeah and that it's never really a competition with each other like they respect the artwork that every single director in the space does it's never like well fuck you you your shit sucks it's like no i appreciate what you've done here i i see your vision i i you know i'm gonna take that on like directors now like eli roth they you know speak about these past horror directors and like they inspired me to make this yeah and then those directors are like well we really appreciate that you inspire us sort of thing and it's like just a big like love fest really in this community you brought up eli roth but essentially like in one of the docs he's there talking about and he's like pretty much cabin fever was ultimately inspired by evil dead they use inspiration from each other and like you said it's never a competition it's almost like oh my god did you see how cool that was like which i just yeah. love and admire absolutely and then you know they're ne- like yeah we get like reboots and stuff but we deep down we know that the reason why these directors are doing the reboots is because they do love the original and they want to try and take their own spin on that maybe yes some of them don't work out but a lot of them you know do and you know the reboot does pay homage to the original or it does improve on like the original story because maybe like the original director didn't have the budget or they didn't have you know the backing of anyone you know they couldn't like explore their full vision back then and now this new director can take it on board and expand on that love and passion so you know people who haven't watched evil dead or any of the evil deads it's kind of like how are you going to understand you know certain films or certain directors like viewpoint if you don't see what they've been inspired by yeah exactly i i think that evil dead has definitely brought me and you closer because we both really fucking love it i mean evil dead 2 is in my letterbox top four like it it's one of those movies. army of darkness is mine yeah like Evil Dead just hits so different to different people. And I like that we both like it, but have different favorites, which is cool. And we can both um, really take a step back to admire the craftsmanship that went into these films. And I know that a lot of fans of Evil Dead do the same. So I'm glad that we got to talk about this today. Me too. But even though we have different Evil Dead films, one thing we do agree on is how much we love Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Oh my God. Yeah. Because without them, we wouldn't have these three very different to each other, but really good horror films. They are one of the dream teams, like Ty West and Mia Goth. They are Papa. Like, you know what I'm saying? They are Dada and Papa. Yeah, definitely. Like, you said it. These films wouldn't be what they are today without them. And 
we said it earlier, like, hopefully they don't try and reboot this with a different Ash, because it just would not be the same. We shall see. We shall see. We hopefully shall they see. won't. Hopefully they won't. Because, I mean, they already done a reboot, and they had it as a female lead, because we went through a period of, like, there wasn't a lot of female leads. So, let's bring back the female leads. And it actually worked. Was it as, you know, good as the original? Absolutely Who not. knows? No, I'm going to say that with my whole chest. <laughs> my whole chest. I think it was good in its own right. That's true. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, hopefully we will get another Evil Dead movie soon after how profitable Evil Dead Rise was. And hopefully we will be able to talk about that movie in the near future. But I'm glad that we kind of went backwards um, with these movies where... Evil Dead Rise we did first and then Evil Dead because we got to like really take our time with this. So thank you guys for yeah. being patient with us. Um, even though we didn't have an episode last week, womp womp. And we're not gonna have one next week, right? No. Yeah. I I I'm busy that weekend. But the next episode that we will have is gonna also be silly goofy fun times. Oh yes, it will. It has one of my favorite quotes in any movie. Ever. And I'll just give you guys a hint, and that quote is Ah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if anyone gets that, I'm gonna be absolutely shocked, <laughs> bamboozled, hoodwinked. <laughs> well, um, I think that we both have some final thoughts for this week's episode that we want to share. Is that right, V? I think so. I definitely think so. Okay. Shall we? We shall. Hi, this is post-production Meg, asking anyone listening to not report us for copyright infringement, because that would be what, kids? Shitty. Anyway, hope you have a great week.